Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you all so much for joining us this morning. Appreciate you all being here. We have, I've got the first two weeks of class. So if this is something that you found interesting, I've got the first two weeks of class up on our church website. If you go and hunt for sermons, you can find basically not just the sermons, but class lectures and other things like that. So the first two weeks are up there. So if you miss those, you can, uh, you can review for the test. That'll be in two weeks. <laughs> Last week, we uh, talked about words of affirmation. Remember, we're going through this little book here. Uh, you can find seven or eight bucks on Amazon. Five love languages. Highly recommend it, even if you don't intend on sticking with this class for the whole time. I still highly recommend this. This is intended, this book itself is written uh, for married couples, but the way I've been presenting the material here is that it applies more broadly to any significant interpersonal relationship that you have, any, any loved one, whether with your children, spouse, parent, uh, it, relationships that you actually want, you don't necessarily consider this person a loved one, but you still need to have a good functioning relationship with them, like a coworker or something like that. This, uh, this kind of material is really useful for that. So the Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. You can find it probably in any of the Christian bookstores around town, definitely on, on Amazon or so. So last week, the first one that we looked at was Words of Affirmation. And there are kind of a couple of things here that he, he mentioned. The first big thing that he mentioned is appreciative words. Appreciative words. I'm just going to do a quick review here. Appreciative words. My writing is terrible the farther away it gets from me. But appreciative words. Um, verbal compliments, right? Instead of uh, getting on to somebody about, well, my goodness, you still haven't done X, Y, and Z, one helpful way, maybe to encourage somebody to, to do something that is sort of mutually good, Right? Something that brings good for all persons in the household or everybody, everybody concerned. One way to uh, kind, of, kind of encourage them towards that end is uh, compliments. And I remember I told a story last week about that uh, wife that was upset that for nine months she had been after her husband to paint the bedroom. And then um, he had been talking to the author, uh, who's a marriage and family therapist, and he said, try this. Whenever he does something that you appreciate, tell him, hey, I appreciate you taking out the trash. Hey, I appreciate you doing this or that, whatever. Just, just do that. She said, I don't see how that's going to get the bedroom painted. He said, well, just try it. Three weeks later, on his own, right? Wife hadn't mentioned the bedroom painting for three weeks. Three weeks later, guy starts painting the bedroom. He felt affirmed. He felt loved. He felt loved. Even though he was loved, he never felt it. Never felt it, and that's really important, too. The other thing, too, that uh, we mentioned under this words of affirmation is encouraging words. Encouraging words, I mean, it's some overlap here with what we just mentioned. But one way he, uh, he talked about this was you can have kind words to express sadness or frustration or disappointment. This is one that um, I have had to learn in my own marriage. It is easy when Linnea does something totally unintentionally, right? Totally unintentionally. And for whatever reason, it hurts my feelings. It's easy for me to snap back and be rude or short or something along those lines. 
what I have had to learn, right, if there's anybody in the world who probably isn't wanting to be mean or hurt my feelings, it's her, right? If there's anybody in the world, it's probably her. She's probably not trying to hurt my feelings. I'll just go ahead and give her the benefit of the doubt. So I can kindly say, I, need to, I have learned how to say this, hey, look, I know you weren't trying to be mean, but when you said X, Y, and Z, it hurt because I felt like you didn't appreciate these other things. It's something along those lines. That might seem silly, but imagine when you're trying to de-escalate a situation, is it better to come in with a kind word or is it better to come in guns a-blazing? All right, better come in with a kind word. Also, uh, we've had to deal with some of this recently. We, I mentioned last week, our Samuel, our two-year-old, is potty training, and that is a stressful time. My voice is gone. <laughs> it's stressful. And so we have, uh, we've been dealing with that, and because Samuel is needing our constant vigilance, Pete is feeling a little neglected, and so Pete has been acting out. Lowe's... Uh, Trips to, trips to Lowe's are some of our favorite things to do as a family, but yesterday was just miserable. Yesterday was miserable. And so after, after we all kind of cooled off a little bit, I had to come over here to him kindly, say, buddy, you gotta stick with us, man. You can't run off in the store. When we ask you, what do you have in your hand? You gotta tell us, man, we have to be able to trust you. We have to be able to trust you. So all that kind of stuff. Uh, under kind words, even still, we're expressing frustration, sadness, disappointment, etc. We can still express some of these negative emotions with, with kind words. And then the other thing is indirect words. It is okay for you to compliment your spouse or your loved one or somebody like that. It is actually a good thing for you to compliment them outside of their presence. I always try to, I always take an opportunity to compliment Linnea whenever I can. Somebody, people are very kind to us uh, with our children. The most striking features of our children are Pete has bright blue eyes. Samuel has these fun, fluffy blonde curls. And that's something that's very noticeable, very easily noticeable by a lot of folks. And so people will often comment on that, you know, oh, your son has such beautiful eyes, I love his curls, stuff like that. Um, Rainbow teachers will mention that as well to us. And uh, I, I regularly tell them, these guys get all their best qualities from their mom. Now, like I mentioned last week, that is a slight exaggeration, okay? I am not a total idiot, okay? <laughs> I have some redeeming features, but I do take that as an opportunity to give a genuine compliment to Linnea. I want people to know that that's how I feel about her. I want people to know that that's how I feel about her. That's actually a good thing, right? If you're married, it's a good thing. It's also a good thing to, to have those kinds of compliments for your friends or coworkers. It goes a long way. It goes a long way to be able to compliment coworkers because sometimes that good stuff kind of comes back to you, right? You hear that somebody had something nice to say about you. So, anyway. Those are just a couple of things that we talked about last week. And I'll mention this too. This is sort of a personal policy. I'm not perfect at this, right? Uh, none of us are perfect. 
But here's sort of a personal policy from me. And let me, let me at least recommend this to you. A little bit stronger than a suggestion. Let me recommend this to you. I try not to say anything about anyone that I wouldn't want to say directly to them. Okay? I try not to say anything about anyone that I wouldn't say directly to them. I had an exercise in the grad school where we had to deliver a sermon and we got anonymous feedback from our classmates. I, did, I, mine, I earned the B that I got on that sermon. It wasn't an A-plus sermon. I earned the B that I got. And it was really hard for me to, to assess the validity of my classmates' feedback because I heard some of their sermons too. They weren't that great. But these guys talked about my sermon like they were God's gift to preaching. <laughs> okay? That hurt. It's like, I, this, this is an unkind way to put this. Also, a couple of classes that I had where, you know, feedback in, in, in classes is anonymous, and so you can give your course evaluation. And, you know, I, I, had some, I had some harsh things to say about one particular class that I had right near the end of my time in uh, Memphis when I was getting my Master's of Divinity. And I started reflecting on that. It's like, man... I did the same thing to this professor that I didn't like it when my classmates did to me, and that is not cool. So every class after that, for my PhD, I would type up my feedback for my course evaluations, knowing that after grades were turned in, right? <laughs> after grades were turned in, I would send them that subjective feedback. That was like, things you liked, things that you could improve on, and just other general comments. After grades were turned in, I sent that to them and said, hey, I want you, Professor so-and-so, to be able to see this and recognize that this, is, this came from me. So whatever kind of student you think I am, you can assess, you know, did, did this student pay attention? Did they, you know, did they know what they're doing? Do they know what they're talking about? Stuff like that. That forced me to honor them as brothers and sisters in Christ because I, I was going to treat them with dignity, because I was basically saying it to them by sending it directly to them. Anyway, there's some reflections on um, words of affirmation. Today, we're going to be talking about quality time. Quality time. And so, let me ask this. When you hear the phrase, quality time, when you hear the phrase, quality time, what comes to mind? What kinds of things do you think about? What kind of things do you envision with quality time? Undivided attention. Undivided attention. Man, that's good. Tom, was that you? Jerry? Tom? Jerry? Okay. Tom, that was really good. Yeah. Tom, have you been uh, reading my notes up here? <laughs> yes, I'm cheating. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a mirror or something back here. Undivided attention. What else comes to mind? Quality time with someone. Actively listening and communicating. And communicating doesn't always have to be with words. Sometimes you can communicate you are actually interested by not talking, right? By just by listening, yeah. Actively listening. Yeah. Anything else? Quality time. What else comes to mind? No phone. No phone. Oh, man. Yeah. No just distractions in general, which is usually a phone, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, cut, put your phone down. Act, that's, that's part of actively listening. Yeah. Intentionality. Do you want to flesh that out a little bit for us, Alicia? Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, basically, quality time, right? It in it's time where you both feel more together, and you feel a greater degree, maybe, of companionship. That's a, I choose that word very particularly, companionship. Uh, I had Alicia, along the lines of what you mentioned here, I had a speech professor in college that said this: quality time is quantity time. Quality time is quantity time. Basically his point was you with a kid it's really hard to sit down with a four-year-old and say okay we're gonna have ten minutes of quality conversation. Let's begin. I've got my timer set. Let's go. Quality time is quantity time. What do you think? Agree? Disagree? Would you want to nuance that a little bit? What do you think? Quality time is quantity time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It and it can it can really become especially meaningful when we have uh, when we have a lot of time with somebody. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm hearing you. Adrian, yes sir. Uh, I was gonna push back against it a little bit. Sure. Because of the all the reasons when we define quality time, mm -hmm. you can be in proximity to somebody a lot all the time. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to, um, to maybe raise some, uh, raise some pushback to want to nuance that a little bit. Yeah, I think that's right. That's good. Definitely goes to what Alicia was saying about intentionality. Do both parties know why we're spending time together? Kathy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not uh, not exactly. Right. Yeah. Eight eight hours though. That's pretty good. <laughs> what is that like? <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Let me ask this, just for us to get thinking about this kind of thing. What's something you find easy to give your undivided attention to? What's something you find easy to give your undivided attention to? Jesus, why did I know that you had something to say? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Shopping. <laughs> did you say shopping? I did. Shopping. That surprises me. You, you thought it was golf, didn't you? Oh, I was going to say golf. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, fair enough. Look good, play good. I'm an online shopaholic, Derek. Okay, online. Everybody, everybody, let's say good morning, Jesus. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. So shopping. Oh, okay. spends a lot of time on man. We're going to dig into that later. That's going to be great. Uh, when we come to gifts in a couple of weeks. All right. Um, anybody else? What's something? You can easily give your undivided attention to. What, what was that? Television. 
Television, okay, at first I thought... Yeah, with the masks and my sort of general stuffiness, I thought you had said telenovelas. I was like, okay, that's a very specific type of television. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, television shopping, yeah, Jerry, sir? The phone that Abby hates. The phone that Abby hates, all right, yeah. All right, guys, this is good stuff. This is raw. Next week, we'll have you all come up here and we'll, uh, no, okay. no um, I'm not that kind of doctor. Um, yeah, this is good. Anything else? Anything? Work? Tasks? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Quick question, just for uh, actually, if you don't mind showing uh, showing your hand, raise your hands. How many of you think that you might be, as opposed to relationship oriented, how many of you think you might be more task oriented? It's like you've got the thing in front of you and you need to finish that thing. Okay, roughly half. Okay, yeah, all right, yeah. We uh, we had that conversation just this week about uh, on Thursday. The guys, this is so silly. Uh, on Thursday, I saw a couple of things that really annoyed me on Facebook. Did y'all know that people are wrong on the internet sometimes? <laughs> and it, 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 it was genuinely frustrating because there were some, like, there were some serious things about it. But anyway, um, I, I, I was talking with Lene about it, was it yesterday? Yesterday, and like, I, I was messaging with one of the people who had said one of these things that I, I felt was borderline insulting, but anyway, um, I told her, it's like, I, I'm, I'm still annoyed with it because I haven't finished the task of dealing with this particular issue and this person. And in that instance, at least, I was task-oriented. Yeah. Um, definitely, how many of you have hobbies that could easily take your time if you're not careful? Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay, yeah, here we go. All right, uh, I mentioned TV. It's funny how TV is, uh, is weird. We went to Bluffalo uh, across the street a couple of weeks ago, and uh, our four-year-old, they don't get a ton of TV time. It's, 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 it's very much like, okay, we're going to watch this episode of Mickey Clubhouse or Mickey Roadster Racers, and that's it. We're going to watch that. Or we're going to watch these, you know, like, these three YouTube videos from this group called Dude Perfect that does like trick shots and stuff. Right, if you know them, then you, you can appreciate that. And so we were at Bluffalo, and this TV's all over the place, and Pete was just glued. I would snap my fingers in his face and do this, and he was just glued on, on like, college soccer. Dude, you played soccer, like, three times two years ago in another state. What are you doing? It was easy to sit down. It was easy for him to sit down and zone out. Do we have a comment or question back there? I thought we had. Yo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's um, maybe that was, maybe those were kind words of expressing sadness or frustration. <laughs> oh, okay. That's growth. It's all about growth and development. All right. Um, <clears throat> the idea of a quality time, really. Uh, Tom very succinctly kind of summarized it: undivided attention. Another way I think we could put that that's pretty helpful is this: focused. Attention. If you think about this word focus, right, that is an activity, right? You are actively doing something. It kind of blends itself into what Alicia was mentioning earlier about intentionality. Focused attention. That's really the idea behind 
quality time. All right, so as we've been talking about these five love languages, right? So last week we mentioned words of affirmation. This week the language we're talking about is quality time. We've actually got different dialects of languages. Um, <clears throat> Linnea, you've been, uh, you speak Spanish uh, fairly well for somebody who did not grow up in a Spanish-speaking country, and uh, you have had people, uh, you've had opportunities to go to Honduras and Guatemala, and have you ever been to Mexico? Okay, no, but you've been to Spain. Okay, all right. So, do they speak Spanish differently in those places? In Honduras, what did the people tell you about your Spanish? Uh, they said I spoke like a Mexican. She spoke like a Mexican because of the telenovelas that you and Kathy watch. <laughs> <laughs> if, any, if anybody remembers Rebelde from... Uh, <laughs> ah, thank you. I hope somebody was going to get that. Um, but the different dialects, right? Just like, uh, how many of you are from Texas? All right, how many of you are, let's, let's ask this question. How many of you are not from Texas, okay? All right, keep those hands up if you don't mind. And not from Texas, how many of you are from Tennessee? All right, so you're from the South, right? But Southern is a little bit different down here. All right, appreciate that. My dad um, is born and raised on a chicken farm in New Jersey, and uh, he likes to say that he didn't study any foreign languages in high school. He had to learn Southern when he, when he went, to, went to college in Nashville for, uh, on the GI Bill. Sorry, so we've got different uh, dialects of, of these kinds of languages. So here's quality time. Here's the big language, and we've got these different dialects that we're going to talk about. One of the first ones that is absolutely essential for sort of creating quality time. We talked about intentionality, we talked about undivided attention, really focusing our attention, really actively engaging ourselves. One thing that's especially useful for children is positive eye contact. Okay, positive eye contact. It, I didn't even realize I was doing this until I was reading the Five Love Languages for Children, which you can also get. This Five Love Languages, he's got so many of these books. Remember Chicken Soup for the Soul when they were popular like 20 years ago? Uh, maybe 25 or 30 years ago. He's got Five Love Languages for like your pet hamster or stuff like that. Anyway, there's, there's a lot of variations of all that. Positive eye contact, he mentioned that especially with children. I didn't realize that most of the time when I'm really interested in eye contact with the boys, it's when I'm disciplining them. It's when I'm, when I'm fussing at them for not doing something that they know they should do. I had no idea that most of the time when I was really intentional about high contact, it was when I was lecturing them about personal responsibility and stuff like that. And so positive eye contact is really, I'd, I'd say, even more important. Create that eye contact, especially if you have kids, right, or, or if you deal with kids. Create opportunities for positive eye contact when they're doing something well, when they are, you know, when you're praising them for something or when you're encouraging them or when something along those lines, when you're doing that. I didn't know that, but that actually makes a lot of sense. The other dialect, another dialect that we could talk about with quality time is this quality conversation. Quality conversation. Let me ask this question. What letter is that? Sorry, guys. 
quality conversation. Mark, glad you were able to get back in here. I know you had to, had to do a wardrobe change there for a second. Uh, at the end of class, we'll ask you our icebreaker question because everybody's going to want to know what you think about that. All right, quality conversation. What has to happen for you to feel like you have had a quality conversation with someone? And let me pitch that again. What has to happen for you to feel like you have had a quality conversation with someone? I've got my point across. <laughs> Roy got his point across. All right. Yeah. Some kind of closure, yeah, where we can both say, okay, you know, we, we understand and, yeah, all right. Equal acknowledgement. Equal acknowledgement, yeah, okay, that's fair. That feels like it could be like closure in some sense, yeah. Each party asks clarifying questions of the other. Sweet mercy, Tom, you really did look at my notes here. <laughs> Each party asks clarifying questions of the other. Josh, get in just a second. I like that. Yeah, that really shows that you are actively listening. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Josh, yes, sir. Yeah, that's oh, okay. All right, great minds, guy. Yeah, I say, uh, active yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, there, there really is a kind of a genuine dialogue here, right? Uh, so some things that I that I typed down that uh, a lot of y'all have have hit. Sympathetic listening, so at least, like the idea of like listening to understand the other person's point. Uh, eye contact. We had mentioned. Um, I think this was kind of implied in some of the things that were mentioned. Reflection of feelings. Like if not everybody. This might surprise some of us, but not everybody is perfect at very quickly and succinctly clarifying how they feel about a certain situation. Okay, that might surprise you, but. If you can listen carefully and you can get to the point where you can discern how somebody is feeling or maybe you can, you're pretty sure, without them having spelled it out for you, you're pretty sure they're upset or they're scared or they're hurt. Maybe you can find some way to ask, just make sure that they didn't start off with, now I'm really scared because and then a minute later you say, no, are you scared? It's like, well, yeah, I just told you that, man, you're not listening. Okay, so make sure you avoid that. Here's one that uh, I th we will actually get to in a little bit. Um, if you need to have a quality conversation with somebody, how important is the physical setting that you're in? If you're really trying to connect with someone, how important is the physical setting that you're in? Okay, all right. What are some things to avoid? Television. Te oh, wow, television. Man, okay, yeah. All right, so if you're really wanting to deeply invest in someone, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say that Buffalo Wild Wings is the last place you need to go <laughs> to eat because the TV's everywhere. All right. I also don't like beat-ups anyway, so sorry. But I had a friend in college who, man, she thought she was an expert conversationalist. Really, she just liked to talk. And one time, this was right near the end of our friendship, because I, I eventually had to, had to cut her out. Um, there was right, this was right near the end of our friendship where she, she said, oh, Kevin, I could carry on a conversation with a brick wall. 
And I thought to myself, well, what on earth am I here for? This is messed up. That's not, that's not quality conversation. She just liked to talk. And, you know, honestly, if I'm being serious, sometimes I just like to talk too. So that's some things to, to mention here. So Chapman, Gary Chapman, right, the guy who, uh, who wrote this and, and several variations of this, he's got five guidelines. Uh, they're not necessarily rules. They're more like guidelines. He's got five guidelines for uh, quality conversations. And I'm going to share these up here with you. We've covered most of those and kind of what we were talking about here. The first guideline that he says is maintain eye contact. When you maintain eye contact, right? All right, so it doesn't have to be awkward, right? Hey, I'm listening to you. Now, it's a little, maybe it's a little bit different because we're married, but uh, Eric, would it be really uncomfortable for you if I just t- spoke directly to you the entire class period and never broke eye contact, refusing even to blink? That'd be terrible. Okay, Eric says that would be terrible. About as bad as that oatmeal raisin cookie we talked about earlier. Maintain eye contact. When you maintain eye contact, what does that communicate? You're engaged, you're intent, yeah, you're, you're, you're listening. Your eyes are on the target. Eyes are on the target, okay, that's, uh, I like that metaphor, you could go a couple of ways with that, yeah. Also, it allows you to observe body language, right? Sometimes our body language might help us communicate what it is we're trying to communicate, maybe. All right, here's the other thing, the second thing, don't multitask. What do you think about that? Don't multitask. If you're, multi-ca- if you're multitasking, are you giving someone your undivided attention? By definition, no. All right, now some of us like to think that, oh man, I can multitask. I can, I can listen to you in a way that, uh, that engages you and, and listens for understanding and, and, and I can reflect feelings and I can be radically present with you, and I can also shop online, <laughs> or I can also work on the truck, or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, it's tempting. Here's the thing, the split attention isn't focused attention, right? And focused attention is the goal of this. Focused attention is the goal of quality time. Here's the other thing too. Busyness, it's not business, but busyness and overwork, those aren't virtues. Overworking is not a virtue. It's really tempting to tell somebody, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm staying busy, you know? Got got a lot of things going on, I'm just super busy. Is that good all the time? Probably not. Did Jesus ever look like he was just overworked and busy? That'd be another whole other class. Besides, multitasking is overrated anyway. All right, so maintain eye contact. Don't multitask. The other thing that he mentions is he describes it as listen for feelings. I'm going to broaden that a little bit. So this is going to be my kind of adjustment of his. Listen for understanding. Listen for understanding. You are listening to this person in order to genuinely understand what they're saying, how they're feeling, as best as your ability, what they're going through, something along those lines. You are listening for understanding. 
Quality time does not mean I listen long enough for you to stop talking so I can tell you all the wisdom that I have to share with you. That is not quality time. Unfortunately, that passes for a lot of conversations with folks. Married or not, that happens a lot. The other thing that T mentions, number four, and he's got five of these. Number four is, there we go, observe body language. Observe body language, right? Okay, which is actually pretty useful if you're maintaining eye contact, right? If you're actually watching the person, if you're watching the person, you can observe body language, right? Do you notice uh, what their hands are doing? Are their fists clenched? Is their face flushed? Yes, sir. One of the things working IT and back when I was training you and stuff, and way back 20 some odd years old, talk about email, I had to counsel people that not to read too much into it. Over 60% of our communication is nonverbal. Yeah. We don't have that in writing. Right. We don't have the emotions. You don't have that. And so I tell, don't read more than what's written. Yeah. And yeah. have to constantly remind people, I get all upset, and I'm like, you're putting something in there that's not there. That's why when we're face to face, that nonverbal is, is actually more important mm -hmm. than the verbal. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, it's easy to want to read thoughts and inten or intentions and moods into uh, in a te text, especially or Facebook. <laughs> that was my problem. That was my problem this last week. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You, you were, I thought you were pointing at Letty. <laughs> it's like no, you weren't. You're pointing at Mark. <laughs> okay. It's like. <laughs> yes, sir. Fascinating. Because uh, we've learned how to fake smile. Right. Like it, and we're thinking about what we're doing with our faces. Like this. The best, right. It's weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the mask all you have to do is swim. But yeah, um, but people with their feet will really tell you what they want to do. Yeah. So, for example, after church, if I'm trying to talk to someone and their feet continue pointing toward the door, I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> the person kind of stands and opens up their feet to you. Yeah. And all right. Fascinating. Guys, we're all gonna be, we're all gonna be watching each other's feet now. It's like, okay. <laughs> Who's really engaged in class right here? Very good. The last thing for a quality conversation, refuse to interrupt. Refuse to interrupt. This is actually the letter E. There we go. Refuse to interrupt, right? Listening for understanding once again. Not just so I can jump in and talk. My goal as a listener, yeah, my goal as a listener is to know, is to discover your thoughts, your feelings, to discover a little bit more about you, okay? We, we all have a finite amount of time on earth. We never really know exactly when that's going to end up, all right? We have a finite amount of time on earth. And so it is an incredible gift to someone to be able to give them some of your time because you will not ever be able to get that time back. Sure, maybe you know, the next day or the next week, you know, they can listen intently to you for another 20 minutes or so, but you know, in the end, they're not gonna get that time back. 
Okay. So here's uh, here's a couple other things. Right as we wrap up, right as we wrap up, a couple of other things to think about, especially when we're talking about conversation. And finish some of this next week because I'm that clock is fast. I got two minutes here, and um, <clears throat> I know Tim Cook is not wrong with what time we got over here. Um, when you're sh- talking with somebody, when you're engaging in this kind of activity here, when you're talking with somebody, especially when you're sharing problems, you're sharing frustrations with somebody, it, especially in a marriage, it's really useful for, for the, y'all to just be brutally honest and ask, all right, as you're about to tell me this, do you want me to just to listen for understanding or do you, when you wrap up, do you want me to give you some advice? Be honest. And if the other person says, I really just want you to listen, it is imperative that you respect that. Advice might come later, sure. Okay, advice might come later. Chapman tells a story. If a guy who comes into his office broken and weeping, 17 years married, and he's divorced because his wife would come in. She would express her frustration about a situation at work or something else. This happened you know, weekly for a long time. And he would listen and say, okay, here's what you're going to do. You've got to meet this head on. You need to go in there. You need to tell these folks what you want. You, you know, you, you're respectable. And so you need, to, you need to stand up for yourself. Next time they would talk about this, he'd ask, well, did you do what I said? No. Happened a couple more times, and finally the husband said, look, if you're not going to do what I say, I've told you what to do. I don't want to hear about this. Don't talk to me about this anymore. It's not justifiable, but it is at least understandable why after so many years of that, they end up in divorce. If we can have the honest conversations with ourselves, and this, like I said, guys, this is good for friends, parents, anybody, coworkers. Do I need to listen? Do you want advice? Let me know. I'll respect that, and I'll respect you. So, that's where we're going to wrap up today. Y'all, I really appreciate your, uh, your time with us. Let's, uh, let's close in a word of prayer and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap up. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for all the ways that you take care of us. Father, we pray that as we work through this material that we can all learn not just to be better spouses or parents or friends or coworkers, but Lord, that we can, we can really embody loving others as we would want them to do to us. That we can embody loving our neighbors, that we can embody golden rule. Lord, we pray that you continue to fill us with your spirit, forgive us of our sins. May we always be mindful of Christ and his sacrifice. And Father, we also praise you today for a new brother in Christ. We're so grateful. The angels in heaven rejoice that this wandering sheep has found his way home. Thank you, God, for your son, Jesus. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Guys, thank you all very much. Mark, good to your tea. Yeah.
Oh, yeah. Okay, Mark, Mark, answer the question. Which, for you, is a bigger disappointment, taking a bite of a chocolate chip cookie only to realize it's oatmeal raisin, or taking a drink of sweet tea only to realize it's unsweet tea? <laughs> the cookie. All right. Thanks, guys.